Double E, elevating entrepreneurs, built local, elevating you through empowerment and education. Awesome. Welcome to Double E, elevating entrepreneurs. I'm your host and owner, Elizabeth Marie, and today we have a special guest with us, Dr. Rashonda Rahman. She's the director of the UMC Cancer Center and professional of surgical oncology at Texas Tech University Health Science Center. She um, specializes in um, breast surgery, and she's also an author and mentor, has experience in mentorship for over a decade, um, and she has a nonprofit organization called Papa's Legacy Foundation that provides scholarships for college education and recently wrote a book um, called Leadership Deconstructed, which is on Amazon. Dr. Rashonda, why don't you say hi to the audience? Hi. Awesome. We're happy to have you today. So tell us a little bit more about your background and what got you into the medical career and then also what got you over to mentorship. So I am actually an immigrant from Pakistan. I came to United States in 2002, um, but I did my medical training um, in Pakistan and I did fellowship here in United States and have lived here ever since. So interest in medicine was was a basically almost a childhood interest. And um, my father was very influential in in my life in general, a very big academic focus and Part of it was also his dream, and it kind of well aligned my objectives with his dream. So that's how I became a physician. Mm. But from a mentorship perspective, um, since I've been a part of academic medicine, we always have medical students and residents and subspecialty training trainees in our system. So we're always helping, mentoring, and growing other people. And that became an area of interest as I advanced through my career. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about um, why you are wanting to transition more into the mentorship and, you know, um, being a published author field and kind of going away from doing the medicine as much, Uh, even though you're passionate about both, what makes you kind of want to pursue this more as an entrepreneur? Well, I mean, um, if you look at overall the way our society over the last few decades has has changed, there is a lot of division, there is a lot of turmoil, um, especially with youth, there is a lot of dissatisfaction. So um, as I was helping people and listening to the issues they were running into, it became more and more obvious to me that personal development needs to take a very important role irrespective of what specialty or what professional career somebody is following because overall to be leading a healthy and happy life irrespective of your career Mm -hmm. it's very consistently important to have the choices in your life dictated by your own personal leadership skills Mm -hmm. and so I became passionate about that as I helped more and more people. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about um, your your foundation, Papa's Legacy Foundation, and kind of how you created that and, and what it is that you do with the scholarships. 
So my dad was um, basically very, very focused on academic growth. And part of the reason was he, he himself was born in a very, very poor family mm-hmm. and very difficult to afford education. And he went through a lot of struggle um, to become an aeronautical engineer and had a reasonably successful career. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, it became very clear that the way out of poverty is to get high quality education. And so he instilled that in us as well as a bunch of other people that we did not actually know. He passed away in 2005 and we witnessed about 2,500 people show up in his funeral. And a lot of people were were the ones that we did not even know, but we found out that they were there to honor him because he put them through schools and colleges and career coaching um, out of his personal expenses to help them become successful in their careers. And so I thought uh, that that was a very inspirational legacy and it it would become of his legacy to survive. So that led me to develop this foundation in his name Our goal is to um, raise money and help um, young people who want to go through college and might struggle to afford college to to actually be able to attain good quality education and and actually contribute to the society. I love that. That is so cool. That's awesome. And um, can you give us a story of someone that you've helped? Well, um, there are several kids right now we have a scholarship fund at the college of the ozarks in missouri Mm -hmm. and uh, it's the beginning of the foundation so our platform financially is not that large my hope is to actually expand to other places um, as well Um, so uh, as you know that uh, college of the ozarks actually is a is a work student kind of program so they they're committed to making sure that the students graduate without debt which is very attractive to me and to the portfolio of our foundation so i chose to establish an endowment fund there to help uh help uh, with the educational expenses so every year uh, the applicants write essays about their personal stories and uh, the, the college has a system of of some selection and our board uh, gives our input as well, and the person gets the scholarship. Wow. So that's what we're doing at this point. So do you have like certain things that they have to meet to qualify for this program? Like how would people that are listening, or maybe if they know someone that could benefit from your program? Basically, how- yeah, I don't exactly. I, we try on purpose not to micromanage the college portfolio, for example, okay. uh, that they have to maintain certain grades. Uh, I can't tell you exactly what that benchmark is. However, mm-hmm. from a foundation perspective, uh, the goal is that this is not a debt. This is not the money I'm expecting the students to return. But I do want to see some sort of commitment in their essays, for example, how will they pay forward? Because all we can do really, what we learn and gather from inspirational leaders from our life is we can never pay that debt. All we can do is pay forward and have some semblance of indebtedness that somebody helped me and therefore when I am in a position, I'll help somebody else. Now, there's no way 
for uh, for us to hold people accountable that, okay, this is what you promised me several years ago, but I want people who are applying to think about it so it's in their awareness part of the brain. And mm-hmm. as they move through their careers, hopefully, uh, hopefully they will remember and and help somebody else so that it's a it's a perpetual legacy. That's basically our goal. I love that. That's awesome. And then people that are interested in checking further into where find information. So I th- I'm thinking College of the Ozarks has it on their own website. We are working on our website called Papa's Legacy Foundation uh, dot org or I think yeah it's Papa's Legacy Foundation dot org. And it's not live yet because I was doing a lot of uh, at a very smaller level. And mm-hmm. as we speak, it's, I think within this week, that website will go live as well. So they could learn more about the foundation on the website. Awesome. And then do you accept donations as well to kind of keep it growing? Yes, that's the plan. Hence the work on the website. Awesome. So far, we have very few donors because of uh, basically personal connections through the board members of the organization. But my hope is to expand that footprint and get other people to know about it so they can donate. And as you know, every dollar counts. Absolutely. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your mentorship journey since you've been doing it for over a decade. What has that looked like as you're evolving as a mentor and a leader? So it started off, obviously, as a part of work where I mostly had medical students. You know, students come for advice all the time to all faculty members. But there are some students who needed more um, in-depth kind of mentorship. Uh, you know, some sometimes they're from, from homes of single parents or broken families. So there is more to it than just learning medicine. Mm. Um, about how to navigate the academic system, uh, applying for subspecialty training, which involves moves, relationships, financial management, those type of things. So uh, I helped more and more people as, because as you escalate in any career, you also have to navigate political waters and value systems of the society. That's where the big clash happens. So as I was helping those people out, my own social circle had other kids, I would say teenagers, who were making career choices. And sometimes teenagers are a little bit lost and they have to kind of be redirected. So some of those children from my own social circle um, approached me and I kind of worked with them for, towards personal development, which which started wheeling out of medicine per se. I mean, they have different um, dreams and different professions that they're pursuing. So it became more of a personal level growth thing. And uh, that was so rewarding that I thought that I need to do that more often. That's awesome. So what do you think um, makes a good mentor? Um. First of all, I think you have to be deeply committed. There is a there is a level of um, altruism that's required. I mean, all of us have our own lives and, and schedules and career commitments, right? Like I'm a breast surgeon, I'm very busy. Uh, I operate two days a week, see patients in the clinic two days a week. So the time is very tight. Then I have my family life. So, so in other words, um, the commitment part becomes important because you have to purposefully carve out time knowing that something is important to you to help these people out. And so that connection time is important. I feel like 
once in a while somebody sent you an email asking for an advice and you responded is i mean it's okay it's i mean some people need only that but the commitment requires more than that you have to be available mm. uh, to help people out and sometimes um it may not be very much in control because sometimes things can be a little bit more emergent than other times so so be uh, be available and um you should have the capacity and a skill to hold people accountable because mentor and mentee relationship needs to hold both parties accountable mm. and and those things are extremely important i think the commitment that comes through altruism is is very important because there is a notion of actually genuinely caring about somebody else more than about yourself mm. and unless you can feel that in your heart it's it's very difficult to do that and that's awesome and what do you think makes you a, a good mentor what has helped you become a good mentor so first of all my own mentors have helped me become a good mentor because you learn from the best right, right. so because i struggled um uh, in in some form or fashion uh, i was an immigrant i was a new person in the country so professionally i didn't have the network that some of my compatriots had and so lining up jobs or uh the job that you like or getting promotions or whatever it is these are so network dependent thing and as an outs- outsider in the country since i didn't have that social circle it was a little bit hard um so i had some uh mentors who helped me through it and connected me me with opportunities held me accountable taught me skills the work of dr steven covey who is the author of uh, seven habits of highly effective people has been very very instrumental in my personal mentorship and i took advantage of some back and forth email mentorship uh through him as well so i learned a lot from him and his work and um as i practiced those skills for myself um i felt the satisfaction and achievement in my life that i realized that okay well this this wealth of information that i'm learning i need to spread it to other people Mm-hmm. so that they can have the same satisfaction that i'm enjoying absolutely and so that was very helpful to me and i'm hoping uh, of course that uh, dr kavi's shoes are way too big a pair for me to fill <laughs> but i'm hoping to keep that uh keep that legacy alive and contribute in whichever way i can that's awesome so you told me also when we spoke earlier that you actually met him can you tell us about that experience uh the, the senior steven covey the author of seven habits i just connected him via email i met oh. the steven covey junior the son oh okay yeah so he he's the one who wrote um the speed of trust which is a very very uh, well done book uh, uh and lots of uh, entrepreneurs and business use that i highly recommend that book and that program so i met him um as he was invited speaker at west texas a&m and we had a very good conversation it was very interesting because uh both of our dads have passed away and both of our lives are very much shaped by our by our fathers so it was a it was a different kind of connection that i that i felt you know that's awesome like well, professional siblings if you will I love that. So what are some some takeaways that you think would help others that you learned from your relationships with both um 
Stephen Covey's? Well, I mean, again, so so they they will they're inspirational people mm-hmm. to contribute. So you know, it's a whole different feeling when you wake up every morning um, with this newfound enthusiasm of working towards a contribution that's yet to be made. You're never done, right? And that level of of integrity of of enjoying the success of other people and the little part that you played in that role is a very rewarding thing. And I think that's that's what my takeaway from that is. Of course, all of us want to succeed, make decent amount of money so we are not struggling. We want health and happiness. Um, but the level of reward that comes through contribution towards somebody else's life is something that I cannot describe. Mm. And, and that I think is, is, is what was really motivating for me. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. So for you, um, in your journey, kind of becoming a mentor, evolving as a mentor, you know, starting, you know, Papa's Legacy Foundation, and we're about to talk about you becoming an author, what are some important lessons that you learned and things that you, you know, also wish you had known going into it that you think would have helped you even become better? So, I mean, that's why um, when I wrote this book, that was the question as to what did I learn from this? Sure. Um, I would say that what I know now, had I known 20, 30 years ago, we would be that far ahead. So mm-hmm. I learned through this journey. So my hope with the book is that what I took 20, 30 years to figure out, maybe other people can figure out relatively quickly. And so part of the part of the reason for this book is when you look at, there are lots of high quality training programs to towards leadership in today's world. I just noticed that it's not that the programs are bad. The issue in my mind was that you see this disconnect from where the societal and cultural decline is happening, even though lots of training programs, lots of social media technology is advanced. So despite all this growth, why are we suffering a cultural decline? And if, if I could put my finger to it, it would be the, the, the fact that we're looking, if you see for example, a hurricane damaged house and you say, okay, walls are broken and pillar and beams are hanging and you patch that and fix that and make it look really pretty. But if you don't address the foundation, the next little rain is going to topple right back. And that's where the error is. I think that the emphasis to character growth, the emphasis to integrity is, is less and less in today's training. We focus too much on technique, you know, which meetings to attend, who to meet, how to network, what to wear to a meeting, power suits, where to sit at the table, how to say this, how to do that, what email to write, what emojis to set. And I don't mean to undermine this, that some of those technical things are not important. What I'm saying is when you learn those techniques at the cost of developing personal character, that little voice that tells you to do the right thing even when it's inconvenient to do. That's a mess. So the message in this book um, that I give is 
that personal development, what it takes, how to do the very deep and honest introspection, how to identify what muscles you need to grow. And by muscles, I mean your your emotional brain muscles where it forces you to make the right choice when nobody is watching and it is very convenient and easy to make the wrong choice. How do you build up that stamina to still consistently make the right choices before you move on to the pillars and beams and the facade, which which will automatically take care of itself? Wow, that's so good. So in your book, Leadership Deconstructed, you really focus on, you know, leading people through moral authority and, you know, you address who should lead and why many leaders fail. I definitely think um, you're, you go way more in depth, obviously, in your book, given the teaser today. But what are some other things that you'd like to share from your book? So, like I said, that, uh, of course, once you do this introspection, one other point I would say on this character development mm-hmm. is that it's not a one-time and done phenomena. Mm. It's a constant renewal. So I think per- we need to purposefully carve out time. I think that's why God gave us weekends, that you personally carve out time and say, okay, what did I do this week? What did I do well? What did I do bad? Why did I make that choice? How can I make it better? You constantly have to fuel that, that little light to make make it continuously go. Now, as you do more and more and more, the stamina builds, it becomes your second nature. So one important message is perpetuity that I would that I would emphasize. Then the other things uh, that I told you were secondarily important, but not unimportant, are all these skills that I talked to you about where there's uh, there will be conflicts, there will be tough conversations, there is how to hold people accountable, communication skills. All those skills buildings uh, are also important. And um, so the book kind of gives you an overall picture and a how-to guide, if you will, to how do you fix the foundation, then how do you come up with the framing, and how do you develop the skills for the right beams and pillars and so that the construction doesn't fall. And, And then I'd leave it with the, once you take care of all of this, the facade will take care of itself. Because... We can choose our values. Our behaviors are the consequence of our values. They will always match sooner or later. We can fool people for a minute or two, but eventually we'll be found out. And the result of our behavior is what the eventual happiness and satisfaction we'll get. So if you focus on the values and choose the right values and commit to stick to them, behaviors will become easier to manage. And the results will be actually autopilot. Mm. That's so good. And what do you think is something that people typically overlook or miss that really affects their growth as a leader? I think that the when I talked about this whole integrity piece um, and I mentioned the introspection, I think that's where the miss happens. Because obviously, let's, let's assume for a minute that you are really looking at a great promotion, a great opportunity, a very good job. You feel your resume is perfect for it. You apply and um, somebody else gets the job. Obviously, you're going to be a little bit bummed out. You're going to sit and think about it. When people think about those situations, 
how often do you see the outcome is yeah i was just not not there at the you know right place at the right time you know so and so got the job because so and so knows so and so they are more connected they are more this you know what i mean mm-hmm. so we tend to and that i'm not saying that that's incorrect that may have a role to play but we tend to find the reason for whatever outcome that that happened that we didn't desire that reason is something outside of us that somebody else controls instead of reaching the conclusion that maybe i didn't put in enough effort in my personal growth and development to be that much more competitive mm. you know and so the miss part is that we're able to justify or feel good about ourselves because what is hurting us or we find painful is something else or somebody else's responsibility in that circumstance i can't control the moment you make that decision you stop growing the the moment you decide that that whatever happened to you which had a negative consequence in your life was because of a circumstance or a person or some policy which was outside of your control you made a decision to not grow mm-hmm. and i think that that's where the miss is now that doesn't mean that circumstances cannot be bad or uh, or somebody else uh, is is not out to get you my friend sometimes says that just because you're not paranoid that doesn't mean they're not out to get you all of that may be true but the only thing you can control in any relationship is yourself mm. so if we deeply introspect that what could i have done better you will always come out ahead whether you got that opportunity or not and and that is i think where the most miss is hmm. that's so good i love that and um also i was going to ask you um tell us about how how it was becoming an author because it's so outside of your realm of what you've been doing what was that like for you so i mean we we do publish a lot of scientific papers and research so it's it's a little outside but not that much outside because we do a lot of research and and publish as academic surgeons however writing a book which is not medicine that was outside my realm mm-hmm. and okay. um uh, basically i just um every time these thoughts would come to me or or so things will happen i learned a lot from my mentees Uh, because they would bring issues or problems or concern and we would solve them together so i was not i didn't have every answer to their problems i was just available and we learned together and encouraged each other together so as we learned i started taking notes of oh i learned this from that or oh, that's an interesting phenomena or oh, i didn't read this book so as we are researching to solve problems um obviously i read more i talked to more people who i thought knew better than i did and kept taking those notes every time i corrected my thought process about any phenomena and uh that's when i thought okay this is this is enough material that it needs to be published so i started writing them mm-hmm. um but i would say that one of my mentees um uh, is brook jensen um who is i think instrumental in getting the book published because i started writing them and it became a word document basically <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
to take it from that Word document to actually a published book, that required some technical skills, which are beyond my expertise. And, and she helped me out a lot with that. So that's how this thing came about. It's a team effort. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of shameful that it just has my name as the author, but yeah. it's really a lot of people um, are responsible for this work. I love that, though. I mean, I think you made a really good point there, because honestly, you can learn from everyone. It's just if you're open to it, um, even if they're a little kid, you can learn from anyone. And I think that's so humbling you as a mentor and a leader learning from your mentees as well. Like, I think that's such a great thing. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, too. Um, so as you are becoming an author and, and writing the book and things like that, um, what made you want to write the book? Well, because I think that that this this focus on on character development that is slipping away from our hands mm-hmm. needs to be rekindled. And mm-hmm. so at least uh, I may be dead and gone. I want this book to be around so so people can get their hands on it mm-hmm. and 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 use that and read it and 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 reconnect with their inner voice because, that is going to solve all, all our problems, you know. I mean, the, the other things are secondary. If we lose ourselves in the process, then what's the point? Mm. And, and, and a lot of newer literature, I think, either misses that point completely or there is a little lip service to it, but not enough emphasis. Mm. That's really good. I like that. And that's so true. You know, actions speak louder than words, and a lot of times, we can say a lot, but if we don't execute it, then we don't really mean it, you know? So follow through, I think mm-hmm. that's important. But that is awesome. What are some tips to help people kind of stay on track at, like in their own journey, like as a leader? Do you have anything specific that really helps you, especially being busier like you? Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing that, um, uh, like you just said, that you can't just say things and not follow through which by the way that's a value added of writing a book can you imagine if i say something in the book and my actions are completely opposite of what i wrote how many people will hold me accountable right i mean i would look like a hypocrite right right because because oh she wrote this in the book and look how she acted with so and so so that's that's your that's my for me everybody has their own little tell for me I, on purpose, stick my neck out and say some things that even if they're difficult, because I'm putting myself vulnerably out there to be held accountable, right? Because people generally, let's say I promised you to be available at 10 o'clock and um, I was late, something happened, but I consistently did that, stood you up three or four times. You will not have a very good impression about my commitment, right? Right. But in normal circumstance, people generally do that a lot. You may not think much of it. Oh, she got busy or this or and I may have an excuse or something. But somebody who donates a whole chapter in a book and wants to sell the book, put it out in the market and makes a point of following through your commitment. When that person stands you up, what do you think happens? Then you're not going to let it slide. You're going to say, uh, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're so not what you said you are. So mm-hmm. so what I will recommend is it's it's a little bit nerve wracking. I understand because when you when you make a commitment, this is what I tell my mentees, for example, 
tell even if it's a commitment for yourself let's say you said okay i want to go to the gym every day or three times a week or whatever it is you decided it's personal it's for you but let somebody know that that's what you promised yourself who looks up to you mm. because that's your way to hold yourself accountable yeah you know promise your child oh mama is going to do this and so when mama does not do that and your little child looks up to you and and bat the pretty eyes and looking at you but mama you promised yeah. that feeling that you will get that i'm letting somebody down who looks up to me will will help you create accountability for yourself that's so good and that's so true it's about character and integrity and you just say what you know and do what you, who you say you are <laughs> so you right. feel like it even after long after that moment passed and you already made that commitment you still need to and buddy system works you know to let somebody know Mm-hmm. so that somebody else can hold you accountable because we're not perfect beings we integrity does not mean that we will not make mistakes right mistakes will happen integrity means that we are humble enough to take ownership and fix it absolutely and so so buddy system helps uh we hold each other accountable i mean i've used that in breast cancer screening for example i do a lot of community outreach uh for women who wouldn't get their mammograms and they'll have 1000 reasons you know i can't afford it i live far i don't have time all kinds of things to not get screening done so we actually uh piloted a little project worked for us that we would have that woman and her best friends a, a mammogram scheduled at the same time mm. yeah and we we developed a buddy system so that they can't not show up because one friend will hold the other friend accountable mm. and so so you know those little techniques can work that's awesome so every relationship really has that like right cool yeah absolutely that is so cool what is your favorite thing about being mentored as well since you are a mentor but you also have mentors like what's your favorite thing about that relationship well i mean the learning that comes with it is is so great and and to be honest i'll tell you i have a conflict of interest you know like for example when i finished this book and that came out and i sent a copy to one of my mentors i was so proud because i mean people can like it not like it but for him to say i'm so proud of you this is great work meant a world to me yeah. So it says sometimes you keep contributing because you want to be like that person or you want to make that person proud. And those those things just pull you. Those are inspirational leaders. And um that part is just lovely. Get gets me chills every time. That's awesome. That's a great benefit of of being mentored as well. What do you think is another benefit of of having a mentor in your life? Well, I mean, of course you you always want somebody to be able to fall back on. Like I said, we'll make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And when you make mistakes, uh sometimes you need a hand to lift you out of it. You need a little pep talk, you need a little advice. And um and and that's where those mentors come in. I will also say though, we tend to think when we say mentors, we tend to think that there is a hierarchy, right? we think the junior and a younger person is a mentee and a senior and older and more experienced person is a mentor that's not always true like i said i've my mentees have mentored a lot of things 
depends on what the what the reason or, or what the problem is because so 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 this i think sometimes mentor and mentee can be a little bit arbitrary <laughs> because you can learn from from all kinds of people wherever they sit in the hierarchy of age or career or whatever so that's another advantage and i would actually emphasize to people who say okay yeah i'm going to have like a group of mentors around me so that i can achieve this that or the other it will be a mistake if you only look to people who are senior and more experienced than you um in especially in an organizational setting where there is hierarchy their experience is very valuable and you should have them but people who report to you is very very important don't ignore them mm. because they will tell you where you miss i mean how what are the odds of of us uh, acting up or doing something wrong by our boss or in front of or around our boss but we are perfectly capable of pulling a fast one around our juniors right, right? so 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 it, that that is another advantage of of having mentors is to make sure that you have mentors at your level junior than you reporting to you and your seniors because all of their vantage points are different mm. and each one of them is important for your growth absolutely and I, yeah i think you can learn from anyone and it just kind of gives you that accountability helps you with your integrity and um just helps you improve as well like having that person say you know you could have done this or that better and just being open to that cuz it's all to help you grow like the constructive criticism so um yeah i think that's amazing um so tell us a little bit about um do you want to become you know an author like more you would you like to publish more books or what is kind of like your goal for your entrepreneur entrepreneurship journey going forward i i think so i mean i'm i'm thinking about um more books in terms of some of the uh, social circle related mentoring that i did i realized that there is a lot of um uh contribution in the area of parenting that can be made that's so i'm thinking about maybe uh it's a, principles are the same but the flavor is is a little bit different when you are basically raising a child um as a mentor and a parent uh so maybe i'll write about that um i'm just thinking about it at this point i haven't begun the process yet um and i also want um to actually develop um a, um sort of a personal coaching uh type of a of entrepreneurship where uh, people who may need help in their career growth and advancement or whatever can one on one uh utilize our expertise and help and uh, and advice and kind of walk them through it so far i've done it uh, relatively either informally or as a part of my my career with medicine but i want to be able to to do this career coaching as a as an independent outside of medicine thing as well okay that's awesome and you guys can get her book leadership deconstructed on amazon and i will be posting the link when we publish the episode um so that's pretty exciting 
And then what do you uh, see happening with the Papa's Legacy Foundation? You said you want to grow it further as well and kind of add, you know, more universities. And that's kind of your focus for that. Yes. So my hope is that once the website is up and running and maybe uh, we can uh, get some more donations uh, so we can help more uh, college students. Um, And this personal coaching thing, if this takes hold and does well, uh, my hope is uh, to have a portfolio where where some earnings through this effort also goes to the foundation so that um, so that we can help more and more people because it's both these lines are basically all about legacy. I love that. That's so awesome. And then so someone looking to receive a mentor or get gain mentorship, um, are there any tips that you would have in them seeking out a mentor that they should look into? Yeah, like I said, the, but the most important thing you must look into is their level of commitment. Mm-hmm. So, so t- I mean, maybe some people need much less and they're okay with once in a while asking a question or, oh, yeah, I recommend you read that book and that's all they need and that's fine. <laughs> but if you're truly looking for a mentor, make sure that you pick someone who has a level of commitment um, and some structure to it, which means that so-and-so needs to do such and such by such and such. And this is how we're going to hold each other accountable, both for mentee and for mentor. So um, for example, with with my mentees, there are some mentees that I meet every week. Mm -hmm. And there are some who would once a quarter and then, and as they grow through, you know, because they get more and more independent, some people are at the level that they'll occasionally send me an email because they're, you know, in the beginning, they they needed much more help than they need now. Mm-hmm. But whatever that structure it, it should not be random. Right. It should be decided and planned as to how this would happen. What are the goals of mentorship, and how much uh, the mentee wants the involvement of the mentor. That should be very transparently communicated. But if if I had to emphasize one thing, it would be the level of commitment. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing such a wealth of information with us today. I'm excited for people to connect with you for your Papa's Legacy Foundation and with your book, Leadership Deconstructed, and just to follow along your entrepreneurship journey and just kind of see where you go with everything. Um, I think it's also very inspiring the fact that you have a very uh, demanding and successful career and you're still doing it on the side. So I think you give a lot of people hope and inspiration that they can be an entrepreneur, you know, despite having a um, very demanding career, you know? So I think that's, that's huge. Um, Are there any other um, tips or advice you would like to give to someone that's in a similar situation to you that has a successful career, but wants to start out as an entrepreneur, anything that specifically helped you um, start that journey? Sure. I would always say that your ceiling is totally defined by your imagination. And there is not, I mean, I just, I don't take no for an answer. So if you make that decision, one of my uh, ex-ex boss used to say that the busiest person has the time to do one more thing. Mm. So the, it's not the, it's like we say, it's not, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, the size of the fight in the dog, right? Yeah. So it's it's the level of commitment. If you really, really want to do something, 
you can manage time you can manage your choices around that time decide what is most important to you what you absolutely cannot give up and the rest will fall in place i love that i think that's that's so true too and it really makes people reflect to see like okay you know is this taking me further or closer to what i'm trying to accomplish and let me organize my life so i can get done what i want to get done and then also right. mentor too kind of keeps you on that that track um but right. that's awesome well perfect we'll tell everybody how they can connect with you um and then if they you know want to also uh receive your mentorship are you accepting new people um as well to mentor Sure. And right now, the my email, I think I sent it to you. It's rakshandaraman at outlook.com. And hopefully, we're going to establish a website called uh, Be a Trim Tab, which is going to be for mentoring. But until that is ready, people can email me and we can definitely get going with that. Okay. And um, from the entrepreneurship perspective, the one last thing I absolutely um, want to leave people with is that um, do not prioritize your schedule schedule your priorities Mm, that's so good that's awesome well you've been um, a joy to host and I'm really excited to continue like our friendship as you know female entrepreneurs and I think that's that's awesome and um, just you know check out your book as well and you know kind of keep up with what's going on as you know you continue your career as a doctor and then also as an entrepreneur um so thank you so much for joining us today dr aman and you guys stay tuned for the next episode of double e elevating entrepreneurs thank you so much i appreciate that absolutely Double E, home of the system disruptors, innovators, creatives, and corporate misfits.